0: Hey, how you doing? This is Tony. Welcome to Finding Subjects Podcast. How you doing? Everything good? Hopefully everything is really well with you. Everything's fine here. Uh, Just uh, being thankful for everything we have, we have in our lives, not necessarily the material things, but those as well. Uh, Hey, so I want to just give you a quick update on Bob. Tomorrow is Bob's Operation Day. Uh, Bob is a... uh, He appears periodically on the show, and uh, he's a great friend of mine and great guy all the way around. We just want to keep him in our prayers, if you would. Like I said, tomorrow he gets operated on. We wish him a successful operation and a speedy recovery. The doctors are very optimistic. He's a low-risk patient, and we just want to get Bob back on his feet to his warrior ways, and I'm sure he's going to feel better than he ever did uh, once they're done fixing him up. So please keep your prayers going for Bob. It's greatly appreciated, and I think it really means a lot to him to know that so many people are keeping him in your prayers. We believe in the power of prayer big time here on Finding Subjects podcast, and Bob is certainly one of my uh, my brothers in that in that mindset. So anyway, thank you very much for keeping Bob in your prayers, and uh, I will uh, keep you up to date as what's happening with him. Today's birthdays: Melania Trump, hello, and happy birthday, Melania. Jet Lee. Happy birthday, Jet. Marcus Aurelius. You all know him, right? (laughs) I don't know, from like 100 B.C. 100 B.C. He's a Roman emperor, for God's sakes. Who doesn't know Marcus? Marcus! James Audubon, the bird guy. You know, the Audubon Society is his birthday. Pedro II, king of Portugal. A little while back, that is. Happy birthday, Pedro. Uh, Rudolf Hess. Uh, How about an unhappy birthday for you, Rudolph? Yeah, part of the Nazi party. He uh, escaped to England during the Second World War. They arrested him, and he was held at the Nuremberg Trials, and there he was sentenced to a life in prison where he took his own life at the age of 94. I don't think your mom and dad would have been proud of you. Anyway, that's our birthdays for today. What's happening in the world? You know, a lot of things. Uh, We won't talk about the negative type of things, but... Had a good weekend. This weekend, we went out and bought some. We went to an Amish farmers market, and if anybody doesn't know what the Amish are, uh, Amish is a uh, religious. I don't use the word sect. Is that is that proper? Uh, a religious group. Uh, actually have a, a friends, a lot of friends that are Amish, like real Amish, not like uh, the strict group of Amish. I don't want to name them, you know particular groups and such, but uh, hardcore Amish, we'll call them. Amish with street creds how's that how's that (laughs) but they are the true blue Amish great people but we were out there buying some of their baked goods and we live very close to Lancaster County Pennsylvania if you've never been there just beautiful farmlands wide open hilly not not too hilly but like flat and hilly and green and barns everywhere and cows and horses it's is beautiful. People come from all over the world who visit Lancaster County. Honestly, you can't go out there without eating something or bringing something back. So we hit uh, a couple places that, my God, the donuts, the pastries. I was doing fantastic, right? And I still am doing really good, right? I'm slipping back into warrior mode. And I'm not going to really tell you much more than that until I get to my goal. But uh, slipping back to warrior mode because Bob, Bob's getting back to his warrior mode. And so shall I, right? He's an inspiration to me. So here, uh, we went out there when we bought a, a lot, probably too much of food. These blueberry fritters. Folks, when I tell you something about these blueberry fritters, that's just perfect in every sense of the word. If you can make the—if God was a baker, right, and he made a blueberry fritter, I think this one would be very close to that fritter. It's that good. Uh, just so fresh and a little sugary coating on the outside— Fresh blueberries in there. Everything's fresh. The word "fresh" capitalized all the way across the board. Uh, what else do we get? We got some Boston cream donuts. Everything was fresh. Everything's made right there. You're, you're watching these people make these donuts. Also, sticky buns. If anybody doesn't know what a sticky bun is, it's like a cinnamon bun. We call them sticky buns. It's got the uh, the sticky stuff, <laughs> melted sugar and raisins and walnuts, uh, all different kinds of nuts, all kinds of whatever you want. Caked on the on the top, just coated there. And then inside, the cinnamon with the dough. It's just fantastic. So we got some sticky buns. We got, um, what was it? A apple walnut pie. Seriously. Like, I'm going to tell you something. And, you know, my wife and I, we watch a lot of uh, crime shows, like How to Solve Crimes. But there's a real big mystery in his house. Half the pie is gone. No one knows what happened to it. Half a pie, half a half a walnut apple pie. I mean, my cats would probably eat it, but it was cut perfectly. So it's not like gnaw. No, there's no bite marks or gnaw no marks in it. Half a pie is missing. The blueberry fritters are missing. A Boston cream donut is missing. This is serious. Like, I checked the locks. Everything's good. It could have been an inside job. I'm not going to speculate on something like this because... Theft is serious. What else happened? The sticky buns. The cinnamon buns. Three. <laughs> they come like, there's like a dozen of them, right? The little little squares. They go kind of deep, probably like three or four inches deep, and then you cut yourself a little square. There's only three left out of 12. Uh, I don't understand it. It's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. But well, we have to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to have to have a talk with several people who live in this house, uh, two of which were not really home this weekend. Now, I know all fingers are pointing to me, but I'm telling you right now, I plead uh, innocent. That's just how it is. But it's a bit of a problem. Half a pie. Half a pie. Half a pie, cinnamon buns, these, these miscellaneous donuts. And then there was stuffed shrimp restaurant-quality restaurant stuffed shrimp, uh, two crab cakes, like big crab cakes, like almost like an 8- or a 10-ounce crab cakes, and a container of lobster bisque soup and crab soup. Now, I didn't eat all of that. I had half of the crab cakes and the stuffed shrimp and the, and the lobster bisque soup. Uh, but the mystery is out there. Um, people are not happy who live here. I just blamed the cats. I said somehow maybe someone sliced a piece, left it out. The cats ate it. Licked the plate clean. There's no evidence. Nothing. No DNA evidence. Nothing. So uh, there's nothing but speculation here. And I cannot deny or confirm if I was involved. So that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing about going out there. The stuff is just so good, man. And they have the buffets out there. There's a couple places that you can hit these all-you-can-eat buffets. It's like, it's sinful. (laughs) I think there's a commandment about, what's it called? Gorging yourself. (laughs) I can't help it. Listen, if it's good and if it's sitting in front of me, I'm probably going to eat it. And if you bring it into this house. And if it's just sitting there, and I I call like squatters rights on it. If it's sitting there for more than like three or four hours, that to me is a waste because it's almost as if the food is going stale right before my eyes. And you can't have that. That's sinful. That's a sinful thing right there. So anyway, gluttony. That's what it is. (laughs) Oh, man, life is too short. Have fun. Got to laugh a little bit. So we went out there. Beautiful. There's a couple places where it's like kind of a higher uh, higher elevation and and we go up that way and i tell you i pull over and i just stand there and look out over the beautiful uh countryside it's just a beautiful place lancaster county so our friends do live up that way um they're uh near the town of intercourse pennsylvania just really good people they helped build my uh i i hired them to do an addition which was basically a house and they came out we got to be great friends and man they love their cheesesteaks got them cheesesteaks every day for lunch and uh just great people to talk to and just to uh you know, you don't often have a time in your life to sit there and speak to folks like this uh, that go by totally different rules. Very, very religious, very strict. And when once they enter the church, pri- prior to that, I mispronounced uh, uh, what they what happens when they're teenager. It's called rumspringer, and they can kind of just do their own thing, or basically like. Uh, us, you know, like the English out there living their lives as kids and, you know, dating and such and doing what kids do until they figure out, decide when or if they even want to join the church. And Most of them do. And my friends my, in particular, uh, the guys that I got to know and their wives and their family, well, this couple, they stayed out of the church for a long time. Then they finally did feel as if it would be better to join the church officially and be part of the, uh, the Amish group. And in that way, uh, they also raise their their child that way. Very nice kids. So they're the ones. A long time ago, I told you that their horse. They had a, they had a couple of horses, but the when we, my wife and I went up there and we visited them. Um, <laughs> they had a new horse, and I'm like, "Oh man, it's beautiful." So what's the name of that horse? <laughs> he just uh, he looks at me. He goes, "Horse." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, get out of here!" Right? Really? <laughs> he's like, he's just tone. He goes, "Really?" He goes, "It's named Horse." I'm like, what? And, you know, it's just, uh, that's a mode of transportation for them. Like, they hook them up to the wagon, hitch them to the wagon, get going, horse, you know? And then, uh, you know, they keep it for a long time, and it's a, they see it part as a machine. It's not that they don't care about or love it. And he could have been pulling my leg, I don't really know, you know what I mean? But he does have a pretty funny sense of humor as well, so. I'm going to just say, (laughs) the horse's name was a horse. Hey, what's, what's worse than that? Me, with our cat named Kitty. Seriously? It's like, hello, cat. Like, come on. Anyway, so uh, we were out there for a bit. What else did I do? Oh, man, guess what? I took a walk as well. Uh, Took a little walk, um, and it was nice to get back outside because I I started tapping into – I have an external hard drive, right, that I saved all my photos to, and I actually have two of them. One was set up uh, to connect to my Mac, and then the other one was set up for Windows. So I can't access the Mac one – with my uh, HP here. So I have more photographs on that. I just have to access them somehow and get them all on the one hard drive, but been tapping into that and looking back and utilizing some of those pictures on, uh, findingsubjects.com and just putting a post up or even on Instagram, but just wanted to get back outside. It's, uh, it's, it's important that we do that, especially with all the news. And I did last week, just kind of get like, here we go again, man. Just, turning on the news and watching everything, and, you know, it's just crazy how we are right now with uh, the divide. There's things going on. I mean, I, and I know you're smart enough to figure it out. At least I hope you are. I uh, Like I tell my kids, you know, listen, be respectful, and question everything, you know, and come to your own conclusion, and if it doesn't fit your own narrative, think about it and contemplate it and see if you're wrong in some way, but if you're not, then you have gotta stick to your own guns in your own head and don't be easily swayed by anyone. Uh, just crazy stuff going on right now and all, you know, I don't know, I think that's all I'm gonna say about that. You're all smart enough to figure out what's, what's bothering you in this world and what is right, what is wrong. And I hope that you just don't take somebody else's word for it, that you can actually weigh both or all three or all possibilities before deciding on anything in your life. Um, that would be the fair and honest way to you, not only yourself but your family as well. So when you hear something on the news, think about it. Put yourself in that person's situation and then see how you would handle things or see how you would want it handled for you, or see what choices people have. It's crazy, but i I operate that way uh, just because I think it's fair. you know, like uh, I will not jump to any decisions because I understand that, you know, hey, there's always two, and I say it. Often three sides to every story, but two sides and then maybe the truth that lurks somewhere in the middle. So always give yourself a little bit of a benefit of the doubt before you jump to any kind of conclusions. It's easy. It's easy to raise your hand and agree with everybody. Just be part of the crowd. What is difficult is coming to your own conclusions and thinking for yourself. And a lot of us donut do that. Do not do that. So I had to mention the donuts again. They were on my mind. And there's actually one right now. It is a chocolate cream donut. It's uh, all sealed up, sitting in a little Tupperware container. I got my eye on it. Honestly, imagine that donut was created for a reason. If that donut's not missing by the end of the day, it will be, I guarantee you. So uh, that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Again, I cannot confirm or deny. So another thing that's going to happen lately I've been doing, and I'm having a lot of fun with it, you know, I've been writing again, right? Just little short stories, just going off and uh, and telling these stories on the laptop and then reading them to you. It's just kind of getting me back into writing mode. It's just kind of cool. I'll let you know prior to, to reading them if they, are, if they are fiction or nonfiction. Uh, but the stories from my ute, as I call them, uh, they're they're true. These are all true and they all happened and, you know, just goofy stuff. But I'm trying to lighten it up. I'm just trying to give you a little... Uh, view into my my life my childhood how it was i was uh exactly how i kind of am now just did things just you know to have fun and to enjoy the moment in life and sharing them by reading them um, just gives a little different perspective to this show as opposed to just talking all the time and uh hopefully you enjoy them so yeah these are stories from my ute <laughs> and this one that i'm about to read to you right now is called band camp <laughs> yeah we have band camp <laughs> I was in this band before I read this. I was in this band. Um, it was a high school. It was a local high school, well, actually in an urban environment. I ended up going to school there, and they didn't have enough kids to to join a band. They had nowhere near enough kids to be in a band, probably like, I don't know, maybe five kids from the school itself were in the band. So they tapped the local schools and uh, other local high schools to say, hey, come on, come on over. We need some members to form a band. And the band performed at the football games, and they also went into the competition. So I was just in grade school. I was like a, a really young kid. I think I got in there at like ten or eleven years old. And uh, this particular story uh, is about when I'm twelve years old, uh, and it was a great time being there and being with those folks. Um, not only because I loved music and stuff like that, but I loved you know getting into the instruments, and you know music was my thing. Not necessarily playing band songs like. Whatever you played, I don't even remember some of the songs, but, um, you know, certainly just learning how to read music and just to, uh, just just the camaraderie, man, hanging out. And we used to have trips. They used to go skiing and they used to go to roller rinks and stuff like that. So it was a social thing too. And we were young, you know, and it was nice. So anyway, here goes uh, stories from my ute. Band camp. It was a band camp. Nothing like the 21st century band camp some might think of right away. But a more rustic place deep within the woods, high in elevation, in a place, in a state I can no longer recall, but it could be the state of marital bliss. We were all gathered there together, well, to do band things that people do in band camp, like learn to march in straight lines, to stop together, to turn together, then eventually play musical instruments while doing all of the above without knocking our teeth out from a saxophone mouthpiece by running into the person in front of you when we didn't stop fast enough. You could say we were all oddballs, but fast forward into life and grow in everything. And we find that an oddball is actually, in reality, everyone in everything, since we are so drastically different in every way, shape, and form, as we only act similar to fit in. Our ages ranged from eighth grade to seniors in high school. What can I say? They didn't have enough kids to form a band, so they had to reach out to the surrounding elementary schools and middle schools and even high schools for people, both boys and girls. We sounded pretty good. We weren't half bad. A marching band for an all-boy Catholic high school tucked within an urban area. It was a very odd situation, but I personally was having a great time with these people, as they would also run ski trips and the periodic trip to a roller rink down in Ellesmere, Delaware. Back at the camp, we stayed in cabins and were positioned around the perimeter of a large running track, and inside of that track was a large field where we would march. I don't remember how many kids per cabin, but if you had to ask me, I would say there was at least a dozen or so. I remember myself and a few buddies hanging out, mostly, Doc and Tim. They were good friends, even back in my neighborhood. Tim was hilarious. Give him a specific brand of soda, I won't mention it. And this kid could fart at will, as if he were playing an instrument. And even more impressive, he could even hold what could be construed as a note for a few seconds. Doc, he was quiet like me. We just went through the motions and still got involved with everything that was going on at the camp. One night in particular sticks in my mind so many years into the future as I think back. I remember the Friday night dance. Songs of the 60s and 70s were playing. Smoke on the Water was one of them. Colorful lights flashing. It was hip and cool and everything we wanted to be. And what happened next, well, was even cooler. You see, it wasn't just the band musicians that were there. We had baton and flag-spinning girls there as well. Something Tim and Doc and I just couldn't and would not ignore. And for me, there was one in particular, a baton-twirling rising junior named Sandy. And for Doc, it was another high school junior baton expert named Mary. For some strange reason, these two women noticed Doc and I. And Tim went off and met a more realistic-aged girl, and they began to talk. But Doc and I, we were aiming for the stars. You see, Sandy and Mary were, without a doubt, two of the most popular and beautiful girls at the camp. And for some crazy reason, they loved Doc and I. So much so to the point that they wanted to marry us. Or so they said. And there you had it. Yes, there was indeed a mock ceremony. And before the night was over, we were indeed married to them for the rest of the camp. Wherever we went, I was introduced as Sandy's husband. And Doc was Mary's husband. And Doc and I, we were not complaining one bit. Sure, you could say that this was all probably a joke and they were messing with us. And that's all fine and good. And yeah, maybe they were. But for some strange reason, these two beautiful high school juniors wanted to hang around with us, and that was perfectly fine with me. After looking back on this years later, I figured out these two women probably played it safe and got married to us right off the bat so they didn't have to spend the entire week getting hassled by every dude at the camp. So they chose us. I mean, this was a legit union, and there was indeed a ceremony. And we gave them rings, and they made the rings. They even gave them to us to give them back to them. And back to the dance, we danced. Doc and I were busy cutting the rug with these two beautiful ladies all night long the fast songs and the slow ones and that one particular song where Sandy was really holding me tight like she actually loved me color my world the song was called and afterwards she kissed me and I kissed her not some deep makeout session but lips i tell you lips lips on the lips <laughs> i remember <laughs> i remember i remember it was hot in there like someone turned on the heater I felt like I was melting. Sweat formed on my face and dripped down my brow. She smiled at me and we held each other until the end of that song. And even when it was over, I wasn't stopping dancing. And she said, Tone, the song's over. (laughs) But I didn't hear that. She laughed. I felt embarrassed, but I didn't care. It was the same for Doc and his wife. What the hell was happening? I was ready for the big joke on us to reveal itself. But it never happened. In some whacked out total bizarro world scenario, the stars aligned and by a miracle, the creator of the universe, him or herself, and all things extremely unexplained, this, this was actually happening. <laughs> it was totally normal that these two unlikely couples walked everywhere holding hands. I laugh about it when I think back. And when I say to you they were beautiful, I'm not talking simply cute, borderline nice-looking. I am talking tan-skinned, hair, blue blue-eyed, hair-perfect, tennis-player-girl, Anna Kournikova-look-alike-turned-prom-queen-perfect. And she was with me, and her best friend was with the doctor. My buddy Doc, who is actually, by the way, a doctor now. Heavenly bliss indeed. The dance was over, and before curfew, we did exactly what everyone expected us to do. We all gathered together and mustered our bravery to go off and to find the legendary and notorious rabbit man. The human-sized rabbit that was said to lurk the grounds that night, looking for a head to nibble off. With with Sandy... (laughs) This is true, folks. <laughs> with, with, San, with, oh. with Sandy in my left hand and a flashlight in my right, we searched the area with our beams of illumination into the woods, the fields, Sandy trembling Sandy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sandy. <laughs> Sandy trembling as she squeezed my hand. I turned to her and said, I got you. I'll never let anything happen to you. (laughs) Those words escaped my lips, and I thought for a moment how unrealistic this relationship is, this marriage. But I didn't care about the future. Sure, I'm thinking kids, a house with a picket fence and two cats in a yard and all of that. And I know she'd probably go off to college in a year or so, and I'd be a rising sophomore in high school. But it could work, right? I remember telling myself with that voice that we all have inside our minds to shut up. Shut yourself up. Be quiet. Be quiet. This is the now. She is with you now. You are married to her now. Just go with the moment. Live in the moment. Live in the now. And that quickly, I shook off all the negative mind messages and embraced the now. Yes, this was indeed happening. I was out looking for Rabbit Man with my new and perfect wife and with the rest of us, my friends, in the deep, dark, mosquito infested woods in the hopes of finding this six foot Franken Rabbit and then doing what? Well, why were we even looking for this creature? And there, at that precise moment, we all say the same thing. Way off in the distance, at the edge of the field, there appeared to be something standing there. Something white. A rabbit man, perhaps? We couldn't be certain. We all went, "Huh." The wind was moving the bushes and trees, and I could feel Sandy increase the pressure of her hand as she raised and pulled my hands into her body and hugged my arm. Hand squeezing so firmly I was certain it was blue from lack of circulation, but at this point, I did not care one bit. I could sacrifice my hand for her. It was a left hand. I'm right-handed. I don't need it. And I assured her she would indeed be safe with me. And suddenly it happened. We all stopped and froze in our tracks. There, two eyes looking back at us, glowing yellow. A scream... Fear! Our blood turned cold. We turned and bolted. Sandy slipped and I helped her and put my arm around her and we ran together, our hearts beating as one, off into the darkness, the two of us, just away, opposite from the yellow glowing lights. The ravenous teeth of this carnivorous, large-toothed, bloodthirsty beast was there now. We were certain in pursuit of us. We sprinted, gasping for breath, sweating behind a tree we went. I held her tight. She burying her head into my neck, panting, trying to catch her breath as we held each other tightly. I could feel her body trembling in my arms as I looked at her, and she at me, and I kissed her. Standing there, the world stopped for a moment. Stars collided, and I will swear to this day I heard the song "Dream Weaver" faintly playing off in the distance through the night sky. Thank you, Tony, she said, as she once again buried her head into my neck and shoulder. That's right. I kissed her and she said thank you. Hey now. Hey, I was a 12-year-old average husky kid that stood on the highest mountain in the world. In my mind, I held the most beautiful girl at camp and possibly in the world at that point. Of course, until I met my actual wife. (laughs) It wasn't until years later I realized that at night, if you shine the light in a field, if there are deer there, the deer's eyes will indeed glow yellow. But maybe, just maybe, Rabbit Man had yellow glowing eyes. The world may never know. What was it about those two women that approached us and wished us to join in marital bliss with them that night? Was it our handsome good looks or our rugged personas? The way we stayed cool under pressure? I cannot speak for Doc, but I'd say we were definitely pushing the needle at a hard five or six out of ten <laughs> when, it to, when it came to popularity and looks. But that's where something else much more important than any of that comes into play, folks. Personality and humor. You either got it or you don't. And we had it. Hey, it could have been that magic concoction I created of a splash of aqua velva, English leather, and a little bit of canoe for good luck that tipped the scales my way. And even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. Combine that scent with the charm and personality that only a husky kid can develop, and you got yourself some serious animal magnetism in a can right there, folks, something no popular kid could ever overcome, which even carried itself into adulthood. Regardless of all that, Sandy and I, we were bound to be together forever, joined in a ceremony that took place at that can, legit, in the woods, my heart pounding, those beautiful eyes, that tan skin, that long flowing blonde hair, and those long legs, my wife, Sandy, who, after that week, I never, ever saw again. What the heck was What the heck was that all about? How does that even happen? It was as if it never existed, like getting kicked to the curb, no goodbye, no letters smelling like perfume, saying goodbye a dear John or a dear Tony. No message from a friend. It was like, poof, she's gone. She was the original gone girl decades before the movie. Eventually, I heard she moved and went to another school. Her dad's job had relocated him. Like, what the heck was that? I didn't even know what that meant as a 12-year-old kid. None of this made sense. He can't just move and take my wife with him. There are laws against that, I was certain. We had a future plan together. The ceremony. And sickness and health and all that crap. Our children. I crack up when I think about that week at band camp. It was pretty cool and amazing we weren't being used in some kind of joke. Or we could have been, but they never said so. And no one ever even laughed at us. These two girls could have had anyone in that entire camp but they chose us. And that is a true story. And the moral to today's story from my ute, don't ever count yourself out. Personality counts for more than you ever think and even more than looks. I'll be the first one to tell you I am an ordinary looking guy who gets a he's so cute or he's cute. I'd never get a hard handsome, maybe, but so what? That's just how it was. It's about who we are as people that really matters especially when you actually get married for real or enter relationships for real, then that is where it all comes into play. Sooner or later, you are going to have to have a conversation with your significant other. And if you lack communication skills, it's just a notch against you. But the great thing is it's something you can definitely improve on. So there you are. Just another story I can recall from my early days of my youth. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did remembering it. Until next time, have a great day and don't stop being you and live your life to its fullest. So there you are, nonfiction, true story. Uh, It's funny (laughs) how that went down. Like my buddy and I, Doc, were like, dude, did that, like, did that happen? (laughs) And it did. It was perfect. So uh, just great story. It was so young, probably 12 years old, something like that. And, you know, just, uh, just a great time, great memories. And that's what we have to do. I mean, you know, it's easy to remember the bad things of our, in our lives. And, but this is uh, a really cool thing for me that I actually get an opportunity to sit here and write those down. And again, for my kids, for my family in the future. And, um, it's all about perspective in life as well. It's don't knock yourself down. Don't look in the mirror and compare yourself to others. Honestly, you know, I, I, I joke every once in a while you hear me say, yeah, I'm like this handsome guy. And, it's all everything I say. Ninety-nine percent of the things that I say here, it's just humor. You know, it's just something to uh, to break the ice, to get us laughing together and hanging out together, and letting you, uh, you know, just relate to what I'm saying. You know, I'm an average-looking dude. I always have been, and I don't care because I'll tell you right now. I mean, I definitely I'll tell you, and this will be pretentious, okay? I, something I did develop, you know, from being that chubby husky kid was a personality. It was the humor, and you know what? Everybody gets fat. Everybody gets old. Everybody gets wrinkled. People lose their hair. People get uh, beer bellies. You know, you, would, you hope you had your six pack and stuff when you were younger. It all changes when you get older. And guess what you're left with? A personality or not. Humor or not. You know, a good mind, a good heart. And that's what it's about. And if you are in a young person or, you know, whatever age you are, and you're looking for love and someone doesn't like you for who you are, maybe that's not the person for you. You know, maybe you need to move on and find someone who who loves and cares about you for the person that you are within, first and foremost. You know, that's just how it is. So, again, that's my take on things. So, have a fantastic day. I hope you like this. Um, Give me some feedback if you do like this different, you know, uh, format. It's hard not hearing from a lot of people, but, you know, but uh, anyway, uh, check out findingsubjects.com. I put a picture of a barn swallow up today, and you can knock yourself out and caption that. All right, that's it. I'm going to wrap it, and please pray for Bob, will you? Uh, it means a lot to him to know that you're doing that. Have a fantastic day. Love you people, man. Love talking to you. All right, I'll talk to you later. This is Tony, and thank you very much for listening to Finding Subjects podcast. See you. Peace.